0: episode of Records Near Me, a podcast for music lovers. This episode, we'll be visiting a record store in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, called Extended Play. Located at 149 Rehoboth Avenue in Suite 8B, Extended Play is right on the beach town's busiest street, but you kind of have to know what you're looking for to find the place. It's in a kind of alley, hidden among other shops. I only knew I was in the right place when I saw the big yellow 45 adapter on the wall outside. It's a symbol that any record collector will recognize. But that's how they want it. Their other store, Gidget's Gadgets Retro Emporium, also sells records, among many other various items, and gets a lot more foot traffic, as it's hard to miss. Gidget's Gadgets has been around much longer than Extended Play, and caters more towards the crowds of beachgoers wandering into random shops looking for souvenirs. Extended Play opened in 2018 as a place for record collectors, hidden from the overwhelming swarms of tourists. And later, you'll hear me talk with manager Jackson Beckner and owner Steve Fallon, who also used to own the legendary music club in Hoboken, New Jersey, called Maxwell's. New York Magazine voted Maxwell's as the best club in New York, even though it's in New Jersey. Many bands have recorded live albums there, from The Replacements to My Chemical Romance, and parts of Bruce Springsteen's Glory Days music video were filmed there. And many more famous groups played at Maxwell's, including Nirvana, Fugazi, and The Strokes. Retiring from the live music scene is what allowed Steve Fallon to open a record store. So, without further ado, let's hear from him and his manager, Jackson Beckner. Records near me, let's go and see what lies behind share what we find Another episode of Records Near Me. Today, I'm joined by owner Steve Fallon and manager Jackson Beckner of Extended Play, um, right here in Rehoboth Beach, De- Delaware. What's Right here in <laughs> Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. <laughs> All right. So, tell me, guys, what is your one of your first memories of music?
1: I guess the first really strong, memorable concert that I was at was I was at the Doors concert at the Belt Forum when there was a riot. And so like that was it. it was which also I think that was where they recorded Celebration for a lizard. And so but I was like fourteen at the time. So I was going to shows really young. So but I'm 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 an old man now, so that's a really far way But <laughs> yeah, you know, you're standing at the back of the venue now. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, then just doing all the shows at Maxwell's because I used to own Club called Maxwell's. So Yeah. yeah so. I'm, something I'm gonna get to that later. Yeah, get to that later. Yeah. Oh no. That's another interview now. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> extended has been open since
2: 2018 right yes it's so yeah
0: second location right so you know, yeah
2: records. we moved uh, just recently uh to a larger location in, uh location in november end of november yeah yep
0: okay but before that so you also own digits gadgets right right um, down the street so that also sells records
1: yeah we've been selling records There probably the way that that started was that i kind of sort of because i owned maxwell's and i used to have tons of records that i would get from you know from uh, music pools and DJ pools and all that stuff, and so I had, a, I had uh, probably a large part of my collection under my pool table in the basement and saying, I'm going to transfer these Wednesday, and never got to it, so I started bringing my records into the back room of Gidget's guys. it's probably about 10 years ago now, it's probably longer, yeah, and that, so that's how it was and that even though uh, one of my feelings about trying to give up my records was, you know, that um, the emotional attachment was really tough but then when I saw a twelve a thirteen year old pick up, you know, like a Baghazi record or a you know, even a beef with the record and say, like, wow, like this is the first ice cream cone I ever was going to eat, it was okay. I realized that it was going to a good place. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where this gadget started and then it just started growing, you know, and every year it probably grew up two or three times and, and this last year it probably grew like three times. Yeah. You know, what it used to be. Yeah. yeah. You know, we were, we did so much business on record store day that our, our merchant servers cut us off. Wow. <laughs> they actually wanted yeah. to explain why we're, yeah, making, why so we're much, making so much money why you're making so much money. <laughs> really? Which was really like a really good problem. At first the first the first email was I thought like, this is a joke, you know, they don't really want this. And then they were like and then I realized they weren't putting the money in the bank. I'm like, oh, they did cut us off. <laughs> oh so my gosh. Yeah, so we had to send um, invoices, bank statements and proof of the uh, advertisements of the record store day. That's yeah, I, haven't yeah. Heard that yet. I know it was. It was pretty amazing. It was kind of a well here too, because it was kind of like the perfect storm. Well, it's usually in April, and we're we're a resort town that grows from like you know probably like maybe yeah five, we're like, making
2: yeah we're making more money in June July right, anyway. anyway.
1: But it was like we go from being like, you know, fifteen hundred people a day to twenty five thousand people a day. So yeah, it's grown, you know, in a in a pretty normal pace over the years. But ever since we moved to, um. Well, when we why why we opened the smaller extended play was because a friend of mine had died, and his brother called me up and said, "Hey, I got this really great, you know, collection of my brother's. I don't know what to do with it." So I went up to New York and Brooklyn, and looked at it, and I really kind of honestly said, "I don't think we could sell this because it's too high end." But he it really an he, amazing collection. He, yeah, and he really wanted us to take it because his brother loved Maxwell's and loved, had history. And he and he was being offered dumb money from people, and I was just like, "Well, you can't take that money because it's too, it's too little." Anyway, so I was on. I had vertigo at the time, and I had to I had to walk up five flights of stairs carrying thousands. By the end, I was crawling up the stairs. Anyway, we so we basically opened that store for his record collection. Yeah, wow. yeah. I because mean, it was, it was that, that good. It was that big. It was that, it was big, that big and, good. and that it good. Was, <laughs> I
2: think it was. I yeah. You started selling it eight digits, right? And then I was gone. I was I was finishing up my college in France study abroad. And I came back and I was working right. I was working at Gidgets and like, I'd been home for like two weeks and Steve comes in the store he's like, hey, you want to open a record store? <laughs> <laughs> a real record store. Yeah, a store, real right. record store. And I was supposed to go back to my, my job at Starbucks mm-hmm. and like two weeks later and I was like, you know what? You know, uh, this is like name. the only opportunity I'm going to get to do this so I have to do this. Right. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so then, then people, then, you know, by selling that other people that I knew from the music business and stuff like that kind of start contacting us and like even now we kind of almost have to tell people no we don't want your record almost in a way because we get too many people bring us up yeah, especially
2: with the move I think yeah. they ran a a feature in the paper when we moved Right. now I get like I mean it must be you know, once or twice a week, people are bringing me like a carload of records. Yeah, I mean, which but, is uh, you know, right. again, it's a good problem to have.
1: Yeah. Right. And then there, that there was that line that that, that store was separated from Giddes because we really wanted people only who understood what that was. Because if, like a lot of people going, like, oh my God, why is this record you know three hundred dollars? Like, because it is. You know, that's what it cost. Yeah. yeah. And so the people who got it. Got it, but I learned that through retail a long time ago. The people who understand what it is will buy it, the people who do not just will never understand it, and mm-hmm. it's okay. okay. You can be cranky and mad and go home and say that guy's charging. And that was a lot, a lot of times like some of the negative reviews of it, they're charging way too much for records. i going, you don't even know what you're
2: looking at. Yeah. Well, you know? that's uh, that's what I always say people say, Why are your records so expensive? I say, There are expensive records, you're right? And we have some of them, you're right? But we, we also have inexpensive <laughs> yeah. records, Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. And so, you know, and then. You
2: can have the dollar section. Yeah. So. Dollar, yeah, yeah exactly. Have right. Of dollar we, stuff we I just mean. Point them in the yeah, <laughs> right, right. There exactly. you go. Yeah. You know, you,
1: you take it home and clean it, and hopefully that, you know, it doesn't yeah. skip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Steve, you've mentioned it a couple of times. You used to own Maxwell's. Uh huh. Um, do you miss the live music business?
1: So, there was a m- moment of time where I almost bought back Maxwell's and went back, and I was getting. Mm-hmm. I was getting lured back in by some guy that wanted to do streaming and you know life's like a little, you know kind of a you know a couch potato kind of thing for people who had grown out of the music business of being able because i mean in all reality most 40 or to 60 year old people who were, were hanging around the music scene at that time they if they have wives and children they're not going out every every weekend they you know they get they get to choose twice a year so anyway so we were going to do the streaming thing And then also we were being like money was being thrown at us by the Arts Council of New Jersey and um, Hoboken, and uh, because they wanted to make it a landmark and all that stuff, and it was really appealing to me for a minute. Anyway, and so then I went back and I said, you know what, I'll put all my energy into this. You know, and so it's 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 more of you know. It's 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 not the same thing, but it definitely is a, a more logical thing for someone that's sixty seven years old. Unless <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you know that you know, because I you know I the, the whole thing about running a club is like you know it's it's twenty four seven, it yeah. really is. You know, I lived above Maxwell's. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, so I I mean there would be times where I would cross the street to go get like you know to the convenience store and go like wow I didn't cross cross the street in two months. You know, wow. you know so that's how much it was just like rolling from. The apartment down to downstairs. Mm-hmm. And rolling was the true word <laughs> sometimes. So can I have you guys
0: talk about your best live music experience?
2: I know you already mentioned some yeah. of the
0: doors. Right. <laughs> Which is
2: amazing. <laughs> best live music experience. The the best concert that I've been to would probably be I saw a Neutro Milk Hotel at the at the Queen in Wilmington. Um, and that was a really good show. The the uh, I mean, the, just the vibe of everyone being in that room was like, they, everyone was there to see that band. It was like the only show that I've ever been to where everyone was uh, just completely quiet between songs. Like, a song ended and just everyone waited for the next song. It was really a cool thing to be in. And also, uh, their opening act was um, the Dot Wigan Band, and Dot Wigan played in um, a band called The Shags, which is a, probably the strangest band that's yep. ever been a band. Okay. Um, but it was the first time I've ever heard Shag songs and to hear those songs played live right. was a very interesting experience. I think the Shags <laughs> played Maxwell. Yeah. yeah and it was just like <laughs> it must have been half of the, the venue left but I was just like man this is this is crazy because like having knowing how you know being a musician and knowing how those, the songs are just like not structured like anything you've ever heard before, and to be like, wow, these, I know these people are really good, and they're playing in a way that's not really good, and that's like really hard to do. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, yeah. And also, this like, when, you know, I was at high school and stuff like that, and we were all playing in, you know, local bands, and just like <laughs> setting up shows, you know, renting out VFW halls and churches and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that was fun. Just a whole, like, you know, get trying to scrounge together money and stuff like that. It was fun, though. It was a good time. It was a good way to spend the high school years.
1: Okay, let me see. I'm gonna give you three. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's it's hard to kind of pick but so when I was probably like 17 18, you know, uh, I was really into bluegrass music for some reason or other and there was a really great festival every year in Union Grove, North Carolina. (laughs) Unfortunately, the pagans destroyed and killed somebody one year and they just never had it and it was a deal where you'd pay like $15 to get in and you'd get your money back if you performed. so there was not a schedule or there was not any artist, you know roster it was but it was like every bluegrass guy in the whole world would go there and like wow. you'd, you'd be like next to like like and like you didn't have there was no like seniority or or you know like whatever they, what they call it glamming or anything like that it was just like you pull in and the spot there was empty. That's where you put your car and your tent, and like you know, and Buck Owens would be next next, next to you. I mean, crazy stuff, crazy wow. crazy stuff, and so whoever pre- you'd, you'd have to go up and register for, a, you know, to perform, and there was some really bad performers. But when you perform, you got your money back, and so, so that's that's how they paid artists of sorts. So yeah. that was really cool, and then but then it got it all. You know, of course, it happened that someone got killed, and it never happened again. But then but through that, and then. The tragic, it, ends. Yeah. the tragic end the yeah. tragic I know yeah. it, was just, it was so weird it was just like <laughs> my God, what, what are these crazy at the Bluegrass what's mo- like yeah. this motorcycle gang here anyway um, then there was um, I, I, I was one of the 20,000 people who bought tickets to Woodstock I went to Woodstock with my two brothers oh, I was yes. only 13 at the time and that was quite an experience I was only there for the Saturday and maybe a little bit of the Sunday sh- mm-hmm. thing until it was just like okay enough, enough, enough mud and water and we're going home but the overall experience like best experience is it's the entirety of Maxwell's I mean I saw so many great acts you know just like going holy shit I mean the first time you saw REM you just knew like this band's gonna be huge you just you knew it and then there was pylon the method I mean there were so many bands and we had a real good conduit of all the Northeast stuff and then it started getting bigger and you know and then we you know we, we had the first soft boys rec, uh, um, concert in, in America and, and you know Nirvana's first east coast concert you know so um, a concert's kind of a big word because we were like this you know 200 you know, seat room which really probably should have been 100 people but it all depended on girth but um, and so there was just so many experiences there that were just like you know I was, re- I was really fortunate to live that so oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so you know so it wasn't one thing it was. A,
2: it was many, many, many things,
1: things. and maybe, maybe some drugs involved. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So Steve, you
0: own the store, but Jackson, you he runs it. Run it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's exactly where I was going. There you go. <laughs> so what does your everyday look like? What do you do exactly?
2: I mean, there's there's not really an everyday. I mean, everyday I you know. I get in there and we do a lot of online stuff so I mean every day I get in and I check online orders and I mm-hmm. pack stuff up. That that happens every day but you know most of the time I'll, I'll just get in there and see what kind of used stuff I have. I mean I have a, a backlog that I'll never be able to actually get through but that's fine. Um, so I just chip my way through and just start pricing records, looking them up, cleaning them, getting them in the system packaged out. Um, he does a lot of work. Yeah, I he mean, does a real lot of work. Yeah, and, mean, he's, you know, and, he's, orders, and he's very new, thorough. There's like new record orders to do, to take in, to put on the shelf, and you gotta handle people coming in with records. You gotta handle people calling you, wanting you to come out with records because they can't move them themselves. It's you know, and there's
1: a real thin line between a record being worth a lot of money or or the yeah. addition, Well, of yeah, label. Like, he knows all that, and yeah. I'd be like, kind of like, Whoa. well,
2: well, what I've learned is that there's nothing like. If someone's offering to show you some records, you should probably take a look cuz right. you really have no idea, no idea what right. it could be. Yeah. That's true. Because even if they have, you know, 200, you know, records that are going to go in my dollar bin, maybe they have one record that's worth, you know, a ton of money or even if it's not worth a ton of money, it's really cool and I would like to have it up on the wall right. for someone to see and think the store is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, it's it's all about You know, trying to manage the time that I'm there, and even the time that I'm not in the store, um, to figure out you know how I can get the stuff that's coming in into the store, how I can get it into my hands to be able to take a thorough look at it. Um, And you know, we do events and stuff like that. It's a it's a lot of work. It's definitely a lot lot of work. work. But you know, it's fun. And and he's consistent. It's fun.
1: that's a whole. That's the key with any business is consistency and like you know and then there was all actually when we first did the extended play small version I wanted just to paint it white and everyone's like why white? and I'm like because it's just it's clean it's pure you know yeah. it's like and that other things and then so many people have com- com- you know, commented about it going yeah. this I white really works white <laughs> and then even in the bigger store you thought it would get kind of lost but it's like but you're really you're featuring that record Yeah. you know you, you don't need distractions and, and that was kind of the thing with Maxwell as we learned less than years ago that we were It was kind of the club was kind of designed after more like the european clubs where it's really it's like this is a space there's no you know great light show there isn't you know there isn't like you know fancy artwork on the wall or or you know other things that you know it's like this band is presenting you their music in this room Mm -hmm. and that and that's Mm -hmm. what it you you don't want
2: it to get distracted right you know like distractions you're you're doing one thing and you want people to know that you're doing this thing
1: right and the same thing with the store yeah like which is who we are and if you get it you get it if you don't get it
2: (laughs) Yeah. There is cotton candy up that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end of it, we move into a bigger store. Right. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah during during a, the
1: pandemic, we were, we saw the space that was the beef jerky, that was a beef jerky store, and and of course, Jackson and I decided we were going to start looking outside, maybe on the highway, so people could have yeah. you know better you know parking. The and parking stuff. here sucks, but but in the off season it's free and so it's not that bad. But so we were thinking about going up there and. Similar to how I found the small yeah. space, I went by it and I go, oh, there's a phone number there. Like, yes. And so I had him call it and kind of incognito, we went and looked at it and turned it, we knew the woman, and they gave us a really great rent. I mean, mm-hmm. like $100 more than we were paying for that tiny store.
2: Yeah. So and the, the new store is like three times, four times? Time, four yeah, times, yeah. times well, yeah. It's like a thousand four square time. feet. We
1: were 300 square feet, which probably only 250 square feet was usable. Yeah. In the other store. Yeah. So it was almost, it's at least easily three times, maybe four times the size. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. And it's actually in an area now where it kind of edits out the really commercial resort correct: um, Yeah, because so, we're not
2: on the avenue right, right now.
1: And people were thinking, like, well, don't you want to be on the avenue? Yeah. And I'm like, well, kind of not with that stuff. Yeah, Like, we couldn't sit, like, at Gidget's Gadget's, if we put out a turntable, it would be broken, like, two weeks later. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. going, you know, like, you know. So it was just, we'd have too much of a volume of music, I mean, of, of crowd, so. Yeah.
2: You just have that big forty-five adapter sign on the side. So yeah, we don't even know the sign. Yeah, So you see that, and you know what it is? Come on in. If you yeah. don't, yeah. right, right. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. we don't sell pizza. Yeah, yeah. Of. It's like it's a little secret code we got. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I like
1: that. laughs>
2: yeah, we're snobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? we're record snobs. Yeah, well, <laughs> somewhat.
1: We're nice ones, though. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so before I end this, anything that you guys want to say to somebody? For the first time, get out no <laughs> 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 all
1: right.
2: we're here we you know we would love for people to come in yeah check us out and it's all I think, about that. I think we do like uh, we do what we do and I think that we do uh, something a little bit different than a normal record store right but uh, I think it's a cool thing I think that it's like uh, you know the way that that records are going right. I mean we're funky yeah. yeah we're funky we're cool we're trying to have fun
1: and uh, you we know,
2: love music we love wanna, music. we want to share it
1: yep and we try to like you know guide people as far, like, like Yola Tango like I've been asking them because I put out their first three records on Coyote mm-hmm. and so that we've been trying to get them down here for a long time and finally you know that Dogfish and mm-hmm. there's we're, a result of the pandemic is not just a bad thing because Yola Tango just started to play in smaller places because they didn't want to have big crowds yeah. so, so we lucked out that way so yeah so I don't know yeah come in come in get, get out come in get out get in get out
2: yeah <laughs> we might try to get some people you know do in stores later oh
1: yeah that's another thing yeah we're trying to start to do that and then we might <laughs> maybe might, start going to start we someone gave us a PA because we just I mentioned it and we're yeah. gonna and then someone's gonna start helping us stream that so
2: yeah so cool. so yeah. watch out we can only fit maybe you know 30 people in the store right. at most but you know we'll, right. we'll try to set up some cameras stream it online
1: kind of have to be like you know very low key But, you know, on a a small audience scale and then streaming it. Yeah.
0: All right, that's all for today, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you liked this episode and make sure to like or follow Records Near Me on your favorite listening platform. And be sure to share it with any music lovers. Until next time. you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer and when hosting on anchor you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like spotify apple podcast everywhere and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place best of all